Hebrews 2.10, Hebrews 2.10, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many, son, many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one. That's my helper back there. Now, you know, to many, the plan of salvation is what's called an enigma. An enigma is something that seems to be mysterious and beyond comprehension. However, such is not the case. The plan of salvation is about saving the human soul from the eternal consequences of sin. That's what the plan of salvation is about, saving the soul. The plan of salvation is about freeing the human soul from the eternal bondage of death, hell, and the grave. The plan of salvation is the method by which God worked out in advance how he would reconcile humanity from the consequences of one man's disobedience. That's how it started. One man's disobedience. Mm -hmm. Romans 5.19. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So the first create, created human being was without sin. He disobeyed God and received the condemnation of sin. And that's the destiny he passed on to all of us. Romans 5.12, Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So God gave the first man, human man, the freedom of choice. And he gave him the opportunity to obey or disobey the command. What was the command? Command, don't eat from the tree. Because if you eat from the tree, when you die, eat that from that tree, you will surely die. That will be the consequences. Now, he knew that it was man's potential to disobey. He knew he could disobey. And he knew he could obey. That's why he gave him the freedom of choice. He had the option to obey or disobey. Therefore, the plan of salvation was the method that God already had in place to remedy the consequences of sin if the first man disobeyed. So God already had a plan in place. If man disobeyed, there was a plan in place. And if man obeyed, there was a plan in place. So God was not caught off guard. And now so to facilitate the plan, the spirit of God placed himself in a body of human flesh and blood. And this body would be sacrificed to reverse the curse of sin on human souls caused by the first man's disobedience. That's what God did. God placed himself in a body of flesh. That's right. That was God on the cross. That was God who shed his blood. And he placed himself in a body of human flesh. Why? Because he hung there in our place and on our behalf so that all we would have to do is then repent of our sins, be baptized in his name for the remission of our sins, receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, and then be free from sin and be able now to spend eternity with him. Why? Because that's what God wanted. When God, not yet, that's what God wanted. When God breathed the breath of life in the first human soul, that's what he intended. He intended for us to spend eternity with him. Now, it says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So he says, by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. 
So in the body, in that human body, God was obedient unto death. Why? Because we were destined to die. And what did he do? He suffered death for us so that we could escape the consequences of death. And the one of which he speaks is the name of Jesus, the name of the spirit of God in the flesh. Jesus became obedient unto death to restore righteousness to the human soul. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross to save our souls. He gave up flesh and blood to save us from the eternal consequences of sin so that we could spend eternity in fellowship with God. That's what it's about. It's not about money. It's not about houses. It's not about lands. It's about the saving of the soul because one day we're all going to check out of here and we all have a soul and we're all going to spend eternity somewhere. And that's why Jesus went to the cross so that we could spend eternity with him and escape the consequences of hell and the grave. Amen. Amen. Philippians 2.8 says, referring to Jesus, he says, and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He became obedient to the very thing that he was not. He said, I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yet he allowed himself to obey death, the very opposite of who he was. Hmm. And he did that hmm, to restore his fellowship with him. So we must understand that death is the spirit. Death is a spirit. Yes, it is. And the power that the plan of salvation was now designed to defeat. And so in order to defeat death, in the body of Jesus, God became obedient unto death. That's mind-blowing. Yes, that God, that gave life to everything, that created the heavens and the earth, would allow himself to obey and, uh, and, and experience the very opposite of what he is. 2 Corinthians 5.18, 2 Corinthians 5.18. I hope this is making sense to you. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself, how? By Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, in other words, how? That God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. That's wonderful. Because what happens is, when you repent of your sin, yes. when you are baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and when you receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, all of your past sins are forgiven. All of them are forgiven. But here's the beauty of it. Once you're baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost, all of your future sins are forgiven. Why? Because as long as you're in this body of flesh, you're going to make some mistakes. As long as you're in this body of flesh, you are going to sin. But the beauty of what God did for us on the cross is that though you sin in your flesh, it's not charged to the account of your soul. You are actually free from the sins of your flesh. That's a marvelous plan. Why? Because we can't go without sinning. We can't go without making mistakes. But he says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a mighty God. What a wonderful plan. And he did all that suffering all that pain and misery to free us from the eternal consequences of sin. I hope this is making sense to you. He says God was in Christ. Why? To reconcile humanity. In other words, to reverse the curse of sin and death on human souls. It says, for as by one man's disobedience 
disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So we got into this mess because the first man disobeyed. We got out of this mess because the second man obeyed. That's the way it works. So in the body of Jesus, God obeyed death so that sinners could be made righteous and free from death. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I really hope this is making sense to you. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the plan of salvation, therefore, is about restoring human souls to the eternal state of righteousness. Paul says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? So in order to inherit the kingdom of God, you've got to be righteous. And in order to be righteous, you've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You've got to receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues, and then you are righteous. And once you are righteous, no one can take your righteousness away from you. That's the beauty of it. So in the body of Jesus, God sacrificed his body and his blood so that sinners could be made righteous and inherit the kingdom of God. And in the design of the plan of salvation, God included the means by which sinners could become righteous and inherit the kingdom of God. First Corinthians 6, 9. First Corinthians 6, 9. He goes on to say, be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were you. But. Such were you, but. You're washed. You're sanctified. And you are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Is that what it says? We are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So he gives a list now of the unrighteous actions of sinners. However, in so doing, he reveals how the unrighteous are made righteous. He says, ye are washed. That's what happens when you get baptized. Your body doesn't get washed. Your soul gets washed. And then you're sanctified. And then you're justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's why you got to go down and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because who was it that they whipped all night long? Jesus. Who carried that cross up that hill? Jesus. Who did they nail to the cross? Jesus. Who did they pierce in the side? Jesus. Whose blood came streaming down? Jesus, who hung his head and died. Jesus, who descended into hell and set the captive free. Jesus, who rose on the third day with all victory and power in his head. Jesus, so if your sins are going to be remitted, they've got to be remitted in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, according to the plan of salvation, in order for sinners to receive the righteousness of God, we got to be washed. They must be washed. Remember that must? Sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord. And then they must be washed, sanctified, and justified by the Spirit of the Lord. 
It all fits. Acts 2.38, didn't it? Now, in the Greek, tell you a few, give you a few Greek words. In the Greek, wash is apoluo. A-P-O-L-U-O. Apoluo. The root is apo. A-P-O. Listen to what it means. Listen to what it means. Of any kind of separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship of the two is destroyed. Apo. Or any kind of separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship of the two is destroyed. So apo is the separation of one thing from another. Then in sanctified in the Greek is hagiazo. Hagiazo. It means to purify and be eternally renewed in the soul. Hagiazo. It means to be purified internally and renewed in the soul. Then we have justified. Daakao. Daakao. It means to render righteous. Justified. Daakao. It means to be rendered righteous. So when you're justified, you are made righteous. When you are justified, you are made righteous. So sinners are washed now. They are separated from the sin that separates them from God because that's what separates us from God. We come into this world separated by sin from God. But what happens is once you repent of your sins and you are baptized in the name of Jesus, your sins are remitted. And now you have been separated from sins. Is that making sense to you, Michael? You are now separated from sin. And then once you're separated from sin, you are then sanctified. You are made pure and holy and renewed. And then you are justified and made righteous. One, two, three. You're sanctified, you're justified, you're washed. One, two, three. You're washed, you're sanctified, and you're justified. And that's what happens. And once that happens, it cannot be reversed, Imani. It's period. It cannot be reversed. Once you're saved and you're really saved, you're really saved. You cannot lose your salvation. Isn't that wonderful? Even though you even though you may slip, even though you may fall by the wayside, he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you till the end of the world. I will be with you in trouble. When you need me, just call on me and I will answer you. I'll be to the right of you. I'll be to the left of you. I'll go before you and I'll be behind you. I'll never let you out of my sight. Once I got you in my hand, no one can take you out of my hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Notice Paul says washing, sanctification and justification. He says it comes in the name of Jesus and the spirit of God. We know that the spirit of God is the Holy Ghost. And also notice that there, like I said, there's a three step process. You got to be washed, sanctified and justified. You got to be washed, sanctified. And that's a song. I'm washed. Sanctified and justified. I got to be washed, sanctified and justified. And, and all three come in the name of Jesus. I'm washed in the name of Jesus. I'm sanctified in the name of Jesus. And I'm justified in the name of Jesus. Mm. So the, the scripture clearly states that washing, sanctifying and justifying come in the name of Jesus. So how can someone say baptism in the name of Jesus isn't necessary? How, how, how can they say that? Well, Were it not for Jesus, we'd be lost. No, you're right. yes, Lord. 
And anyone who thinks Jesus is the second person of the Trinity doesn't know who he is. That's right, he is. But the Trinity is false. Because he is the Father and he is the Son and he is the Holy Ghost. And his name is Jesus. John 3, 6. John 3, 6. Jesus says, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. To be born of the water is to be baptized in the name of Jesus, which separates a soul from sin. Baptism in the name of Jesus purifies a soul from sin. Baptism in the name of Jesus separates a soul from unrighteousness. Now let let me explain something to you. When Jesus was born, the angel told Mary, That which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost, right? So if that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and Jesus was the one that was conceived, then the Holy Ghost is the Father, right? The Holy Ghost is the Father. Now, in John 14, 8, Jesus told them, when you see me, you see the Father. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was in the body of Jesus. The scripture says the Holy Ghost purchased the church of God with his own blood. That's Acts 20, 28. So if the Holy Ghost purchased the church of God with his own blood and the body of Jesus was on the cross, then the blood that came out of that body of Jesus was the blood of the Holy Ghost. And if the blood of the Holy Ghost came out of the body of Jesus and the Holy Ghost is the Father, then Jesus was there. The Father was there. The Son was there. And the Holy Ghost was there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. At the end of the service, we have you have questions. So hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So there's only one Lord, and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, have you seen me? How long have I been with you, Philip, and you don't know me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. That's in John 14. Now, I want to declare that up. So, thus, the plan of salvation requires that a soul can only be made righteous in the name of Jesus and by the Holy Ghost. Titus 3.5. Titus 3.5. I hope that made sense to you. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to hope of eternal life. That's what the gospel is about. We have an eternal life. So when this soul leaves this body, we have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now, according to God's mercy, souls are saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is given us because of the work of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And according to God's mercy, we are justified by his grace because of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, a lot of folks think that that grace is unmerited favor. No, it ain't. In the Greek, mercy is elios. Mercy is unmerited favor. Elios, E-L-E-O-S. You know what it means? 
clemency of God in providing an offering to men salvation by Christ. Clemency, clemency in this. Mercy is clemency of God in providing an offering to men salvation by Christ. Clemency is a legal term. Clemency is a legal term which gives unmerited leniency to one accused of a crime. In the Greek, grace is kadis, which is divine influence. Grace is kadis, which is divine influence. And influence is the power to change. Influence is, one, is influence is one's ability to change a situation. Now listen, for example, when a person stands before a judge accused of a crime, it's the attorney's job to use his or her influence to keep the accused from being found guilty and sentenced, right? When a person stands before a judge accused of a crime, it is the attorney's job to use his or her influence to keep the accused from being found guilty and sentenced. However, if the attorney now has been unsuccessful in keeping the accused from being found guilty, what might they do? They might ask the judge for clemency, mm -hmm. which is a request for unmerited favor, compassion, and kindness. So the attorney uses his or her influence to persuade the judge to use his or her influence to have mercy on the accused. Subsequently, the judge uses judicial influence and shows kindness and unmerited favor. Well, this is what happens in the justification of the human soul. The crime of sin was committed and somebody had to pay the debt. The crime was committed and somebody had to pay the debt. And, and as judge, God was obligated to hand down the maximum sentence of death. There was no clemency. There was no mercy. There was no unmerited kindness for the accused. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus took on all of that. He suffered the sins and the iniquities of us all. He stood in place on the cross and he died like a common criminal. So in order for a soul to be justified, there had to be a sacrifice for sin. The debt had to be paid. Somebody had to pay the debt for the crime that perpetrated by the first human soul. Somebody had to pay for it. I hope that made sense to you. Therefore, the human body and soul of Jesus stood in place of the human body and soul of a sinner. He hung there in our place and on our behalf. He used his influence, not as an attorney, but as a mediator, someone who works with both sides to settle the dispute. So there was Jesus settling the dispute between God and man. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for us all. That's 1 Timothy 2.5. So, as mediator, Jesus used his influence to settle the dispute between God and humanity. He suffered the guilt and accepted the condemnation of sin. You getting tired? Am I wearing you out? Okay. So on the cross... The physical body of Jesus became the human sacrifice for sin once and for all. In the body of Jesus, God, our Savior, became mediator. He gave his body and blood as ransom so that by faith in his name, sinners could receive the mercy, 
receive his mercy, and then what happens? Be washed, be sanctified, and then be justified in his name. Notice I said by faith in his name. 1 Corinthians 6.11. 1 Corinthians 6.11. It says, ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So sanctification and justification of the soul it only comes by faith in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the name of the body of God. Jesus is the name of the body of God that was offered for sin once and for all. Jesus is the name of the body of God by which every soul that believes is made righteous. Jesus is the name of the body of God by which he permanently absolves sin from every believer. And a large percentage of people, a large percentage of people who call themselves Christians have a problem with the baptism in the name of Jesus. They don't seem to understand that the remission of sins only come by and through the name of Jesus, the one who paid the price for our sins. Acts 10.40, Acts 10.40, Peter says him, Jesus. God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto us witnesses chosen before of God, even to us. Listen, listen what Peter says. Who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Peter is saying we ate and drank with Jesus after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained by God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To give all the prophets witness. Listen, 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 listen. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Whosoever believeth in his name shall receive remission of sins. That's why in Acts 2.38, he says, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of your sins. There is no other way to remit sin on your soul than by going down in the name of Jesus. And that's what it says. Acts 2.38, I just repeated it. Peter said, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is no other name by which your sins can be remitted. Remission of sins is, is in his name because Jesus shall judge the quick and the dead. Those who are alive in him because they have received the remission of sins in his name and he'll judge the dead. Those who rejected him and rejected the gospel and they're not under grace Bible study students. They're still under the law of condemnation. <laughs> Jesus shall be the righteous judge according to the law and the condemnation of sin or according to grace and truth. John says it very well. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So in the body of Jesus is the spirit of grace, the divine influence of the Holy Ghost. In the body of Jesus is the spirit of truth, the divine veracity of the Holy Ghost. And with the body and the blood of Jesus, what did God do? He fulfilled his plan of salvation. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory. Here it comes to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He's the captain of our salvation. 
for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are one. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are one. So we who are baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost have been born of the water and have been born of the Spirit. We are sanctified and we are one with him. We are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified in the name of Christ Jesus, the captain of our salvation. Yes. What is a captain? A captain is an influential leader. And it was by grace, by the divine influence in the soul of Christ Jesus, that he led us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Because that's what the captain of our salvation did. He led us out of the darkness of sin and death into the marvelous light of eternal life and holiness in him. Through the sufferings of the cross, the captain of our salvation made it possible for us to be sanctified and one with him. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was saying it as our captain. He's the only one who can lead us to salvation. Jesus is the only one who can lead us to truth. Jesus is the only one that can lead us to everlasting life. Jesus is the only one can lead us beside the still waters and take us out of the valley of the shadow of death. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith. Propitiation means by his blood he made everything right. He made all things new to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Your past sins are remitted. You know why? Because all of your sins are past. Think about that just for a moment. All of your sins are past because the present immediately becomes the past. So it says all of your sins that are past through the forbearance of God, through the mercy of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. There is no other way our souls can be justified from sin but except through the name of Jesus. We are justified freely by the captain of our salvation. Didn't cost us a dime. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Through the sacrificial blood of Christ, sinners are made righteous. And it is by our faith in the sacrificial blood of Christ that we are made righteous. And by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, our past, our present, and our future sins are washed away. And as I said, all of our sins are past. So what's the point? We are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified in the name of Christ Jesus, who is the captain of our salvation. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we are washed, we are sanctified, and we are justified in your name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? All right, come on.